0: No fish have been harmed in the making of this podcast.
1: I'd like to welcome everybody aboard as we get underway on this edition of Talking Bass in PDX, your warm water forum as we talk fishing in the Northwest. Hi, I'm Don Clark and I'll be your host. On this episode of Talking Bass in PDX, I have Tom and Dwayne of Family Tradition Bass Fishing. But before we talk to them, let me talk to you about Talking Bass in PDX, the podcast. The podcast is all about fishing in the Northwest. And if you enjoy listening, help us grow by telling your friends about the podcast and that we can be heard on Spotify, Anchor FM, and now on iTunes. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Tom and Dwayne from Family Tradition Bass Fishing. As you know, you have to be involved with social media, and I'm involved with Facebook, and I follow a page called Oregon Bass Fishing. As I was reading through there some months ago, you may remember a guest that I had on from Jake's Custom Baits. Young man had just started pouring his own baits, and I thought it would be interesting to get his perspective of starting a business early in his career. And he's doing quite well, by the way. And then I noticed that there were some folks following him. And one of them was Family Tradition Bass Fishing. I contacted the two cousins, Tom and Duane, and found that they have a YouTube channel called Family Tradition bass fishing, no G, just fishing, and said, hey, you guys want to come on and talk a little bit about fishing in the Northwest. Now, as it turns out, they're fairly new to bass fishing. I think they've been doing it about three years or so. They grew up right here in Oregon, and they're fishing a lot of small water. They, They have kayaks and a small boat. But I'll save that for when we get into the interview. And they may even bring up a couple of new bodies of water that we hadn't even thought about fishing before. So without any more, let me get to the interview with Family Tradition Bass Fishing and Tom and Dwayne. And on the phone with me from Family Tradition Bass Fishing is Dwayne and Thomas. Welcome aboard, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Well, tell me a little bit about how you guys got involved with bass fishing and in warm water fishing in general
2: pretty much um i kind of got started in it first uh this is tom or thomas i started out i've been fishing pretty much my whole life but i did mostly trout and salmon fishing and still had moved out to gresham and so i wanted to start trying to find areas around there to trout fish and uh i went ended up finding blue lake bark and tried fishing there and I kept seeing, like, bluegill and, you know, all the smaller warm water fish, and that got me interested to see if I could catch them, so I started using a worm, and basically I started catching uh, the bluegills, and uh, from that, I was like, what else can I catch, and then I learned there's bass in Blue Lake Park, and then there's uh, another lake right next door. I tried there, and I started trying to catch bass, and it's really hard at those two lakes from tell you. and they're really pressured. Um, and then I expanded around uh, the Gresham area. There's two ponds right down the road from my house that actually have bass, and uh, that's where I started catching them. And I literally learned. I didn't really watch any YouTube videos or anything like that. I wasn't that into it at first, um, so I learned by doing. So I I started with uh, you know night crawlers. Uh, caught one on that, and then I started, you know, trying different things and talking to people at the pond, and they would suggest, you know, stuff, you know, like try a spinner bait or try this and that, and I'd try it, and you know, over time I slowly started learning how to catch them, and and then I got hooked, and I was like, this is what I want to do for fun, you know, instead of trying to catch trout only, you know, a certain times of the year, I'm going to try to do this all year long, and then i let the Wayne explain what he did. Uh, yeah, uh, mine is basically the same. Just uh, fishing
0: my whole life, trout and everything, and uh, you know, even sturgeon here and there, and salmon and everything. And then after Tom started getting into it, then he he would ask me to go out fishing, and I had never fished for bass before. And so he kind of let me use some of his gear and stuff. And then we just we slowly started going. And then he got a kayak, and we started going out on uh, his and his wife's kayak. And I was as soon as we got out on the kayak we caught oh well, I don't know we caught 50 to sixty in a weekend and I was I was immediately just hooked on it and I got myself a kayak and we've just been slowly progressing and trying different baits in different companies and now we have a company that we kind of stick with that we really like. I actually was visiting um, my girlfriend's family recently in Texas and went and visited the company which was really awesome to see where everything's made and how it's done and that was one of my favorite parts of the trip for me personally but all around it was pretty awesome i tried to bass fish in texas and in montana as well so that's kind of how i got into it and how i progressed a little bit
1: wow that's a, that's a great way to, to uh to get started it, now you mentioned a company that you that you uh, went and uh, talk to tell us more about that and tell us the name of the company we'll put it out there uh
0: the name of the company that we prefer is, is six Sense fishing uh, we learned about it through a youtube channel Millikan fishing uh he, he started talking about it and then actually tom used a discount code on off of his website to get some of their stuff and the stick baits look kind of funny and stuff so i I didn't really think nothing of it and then I finally decided to start using them too and that was uh, their baits are the first thing that I caught on a crank bait. Uh, that was the first thing that I caught um, on a jig was actually the first thing I got a bite on. I haven't caught one on a jig before and we're hoping that they're going to come out with their top water stuff soon because I've only caught two on top water before. For some reason I can't seem to hook them on top water. I get tons of bites I just can't seem to hook them so I'm hoping that Maybe, I don't know, their stuff is just the magic stuff.
1: <laughs> well, and I think, too, that it's um, it's the time of the year that you're using topwater baits and uh, where you go. So for me personally, uh, I like 10 Mile Lake, and it's right at sunup when I like uh, topwater bait. And it typically doesn't last very long uh, as far as the bite is concerned, Maybe maybe an hour. And then I and then I move on to other things. So maybe it's just the, yeah. the time that you're that you're fishing.
2: Yeah, we're still learning. Uh like we we're pretty uh pretty limited on like our knowledge so far and so what we did when we go out we always try different things each time for a little while and see if we can get, you know, a bite on something and then if it doesn't work then we go back to what we know. And that's part of it. Is we just we haven't had the experience to to know what to throw, when to throw. Um, but, yeah, we're pretty excited about the Sixth Sense stuff. Um, like Dwayne was saying, I just was watching uh, Militant Fishing. I've been watching this channel for a while, and he's partnered with them, I think. And so they do a monthly subscription box, and so I did that. And once I got it, I they had a variety of stuff, so that's why I started using it. And uh, we've basically been using that and a couple other stuff. Here and there, but uh, it's good stuff it's get to learn on. So,
1: well, it's it's really interesting to listen to it, to different techniques because if if you start watching uh, certain channels and watching certain people, you will you will start to notice that they stick pretty close with the same kind of baits, but with different yeah. colors. Yeah, yeah, yep. and that that will uh, that will make a big difference. Well. Now you guys have been fishing bass for a bit. Now have you uh, have you caught a fish in every month of the year yet? I
2: don't think so. We have we tried this last year throughout winter. We tried pretty hard. Um, I, we've caught through summer and October and November, and then I've caught one in February and March.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah, I did. I think we're lacking January and December.
2: Yeah, so pretty much the coldest months where we've been struggling.
1: Well, I will tell you that I'm involved with a group and that we um, that we start fishing on January 1st. It's called First Fish of the Year. Yeah, every year since uh, High Lake opened, we've been going out there on January 1st and fishing for bass. Now, there are people that get them, and what I have watched, now I have not gotten one, but I have gotten close, uh, i wa- I noticed that they fish very, very slow. Their presentation is incredibly slow, so a little tip there awesome. for you that you might be able yeah. to use We'll take that so, so far, That's yeah, so so far, with what you've been doing, what's your favorite bait for each of you?
2: Uh, I'll go first, so pretty much I love crankbaits. I don't know why it's just uh once I started using them, I realized how. Like uh, well or how how many bites you can get on them at the right time of the year. It's also, also kind of depending on the season, I think, but I, for some reason, I just got hooked on the crankbaits, and that's what I've got my personal best on for smallmouth and largemouth. And so that's what I stick with, and then the second one for me would be like a sinker worm, whether it's weightless or weighted. Uh, Dwayne? Uh, I, think, I think my favorite is
0: is just the Senko worm, stick bait, soft plastics. Just because if you're not catching anything, most of the time you can always go back to one of those and get something.
1: Yeah, those are always a, a good go-to. But okay, so back to Thomas. Now you you talked about your personal best. I'm not going to let you get away without telling us what it is.
2: <laughs> so my personal best largemouth was five pound eleven ounces.
1: Oh, very and nice. Then, fish. Uh,
2: yeah, it was. Uh, It was surprising what it was. And then uh, my personal best smallmouth is 2 pounds, 7 ounces.
1: Yeah, smallmouth can be a little tricky at times to get big fish. And then uh, all of a sudden you'll get a big one and and, uh, you'll you'll kind of figure out where they're at. And, Duane, what's yours? Uh,
0: My largemouth personal best is uh, 5 pounds even. Uh, My smallmouth personal best is 3 pounds, 9 ounces. I actually caught a three pound oh. five ounce one three days ago.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow. Very He's got nice. The luck.
2: Oh, I said he he has the luck when it comes to the smallmouth.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think there's always I think there's always luck involved in in, uh, in in catching some of those bigger fish. So now the interesting thing is you mentioned that you guys are fishing out of the out of kayaks. Are you also bank fishing too? Um.
2: Yes, here and there. We try to, if we can use the kayaks, um, then we use the kayaks. You know, obviously sometimes we can't, whether it's time restraint or, uh, you know, there's no, like, easy access for a kayak or, it's you know, um, private land around it, whatever the reason is. But, yeah, we've banked fish before, and we do it every once in a while, but we generally try to use our kayaks as much as possible.
1: And tell me some of the bodies of water that you guys like to go to. I know we were talking on the phone last night about one of them. So, uh, what, are your, what yeah. are your favorite bodies of water?
2: Um, so locally, uh, we pretty much stick with the Pudding River. Um, it's a pretty small river, but it's, it's got tons of smallmouth in them. They're not huge. Like, dwayne has got the biggest ones, the three pounders out of there. And uh, we catch a few two pounders here and there, but few and far between. And then uh, I've done the Willamette, uh, off the bank, and then,
0: um... We did went, try the kayaks once in the Willamette.
2: Yeah, we've done the kayak once. That was a bad day because it's super windy. <laughs> um, but generally we do the pudding, the Malala off off the bank, and then, uh, Willamette, and, uh, um, Twelve, and we've done the and once. Done twelve once, but mostly the pudding, Willamette, and, um... I've gone to 10-mile twice. Um, it's a bit of a drive for us, so we haven't been able to get out there that much, but that'll probably become our next favorite.
1: Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, We uh, Of the folks that I've been interviewing, if you listen to some of the other podcasts, um, Pudding River hasn't come up. Uh, of course, there's a lot of fishing on the, on the Willamette, a lot of different spots to put in there that uh, on a calm day, you can you can do some really nice nice fishing uh ten miles yeah. as you said that's that's quite a haul,
2: yeah we've been wanting to do the Willamette more um we just have we weren't sure where to go, so we went out by the mouth of the Twalton and uh like I said, it was windy that day so and I'm not a huge fan of big bodies of water and uh waves <laughs> so, so it wasn't very fun for me but I'll get over that eventually.
1: <laughs> yeah, the uh, the boat waves or wakes being caused are are just not much fun to uh, to fish in. I mean, even in a boat, just not not my not my yeah. thing. Um, but there are several there are several really good pools if you go up by um, Rogers Landing, for example. Uh, up in Newburg, really good spot to go out there in a kayak and and do some fishing.
2: Yeah, I've heard of that. And
1: yeah, I think uh, if you put in right there at the at Rogers Landing and um, and just go uh, a little uh, further um, down river, so that it kind of floats you back. It's kind of a it's kind of a fun uh, fun area. Um, yeah. I see I see a lot of people out on the Multnomah channel in uh, in kayaks, but that's again, that's kind of a haul out there, so Yeah. But that is a that's another good area. Now, earlier you were telling me about, you know, getting into bass fishing and that kind of thing. Have you started to upgrade your rods and reels and what, what type of equipment are you guys using?
2: Yeah, uh hundred percent. So I start out with a spinning cast like trout rod and um I basically kept buying rods over and over because I'd break them or whatever. And then finally, um, actually, Dwayne was like, we should try a big-ass rod in real. And I, not very coordinated, so I was kind of hesitant. So he ended up buying one first, learned on it, let me try it, and then that's when I started buying them. So I have uh, Abu Garcia um, Black Max, I think it what it's called. Yeah. And then I have... Uh, a six-cent fishing rod. It's actually called a Millican fishing um, heavy-duty rod with the Abu Garcia reel, and then I just have a couple spin casts that I carry with me. And then, Dwayne, tell what you run. Um, I've got the Black Max
0: as well for a bait caster. I actually bought it and tried it out, and then Tom tried it out, and he decided to get himself one. Uh, I, run, I, I had an Abu Garcia uh, Silver Max spinning rod. I ended up breaking that and so I just have the the reel, and I I paired that with a a Daiwa Spitfire or Streetfire, I believe. I forget what it's called. And then just a a Quantum baitcaster that somebody gave me. And those are generally the three rods that I
2: run with. Yeah. And then with for fishing line, uh, I've I've struggled with uh, like my line kind of twisting as I'm casting. So I've gone through a bunch of different brands. Um and the one I'm running now is called Line Fishing, L Y N. And uh I, I heard off heard about it off of Militant Fishing again. Um and so I run their fluorocarbon and then I have one rod with uh braid and then Dwayne runs braid.
1: Yeah, that's really cool that you have um progressed up to different lines and that you've both have kind of found different things that you like. That's that's interesting. I uh, I have a variety of rods and reels, and I go back and forth between lines. That's the one thing that I that I don't ever settle well with because one works better for one thing and one works better with others. So, um, yeah. But that's that's just me. I'm I'm a little fidgety about my line because I like to be able to feel the bite.
2: Yeah, that's how I am. That's that's exactly what I did. Is I I started out with you know your cheaper brands. And, uh, struggle with, you know, the tangling and breaking it off with, you know, in situations where it shouldn't have broke. And, and so I prefer like fluorocarbon. Um, and then I eventually found the uh, line fishing and it's, it's been the best for me so far. And Dwayne, he went from mono to fluoro to straight to braid and that's pretty much all you fish with now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just, I stuck with braid. I, I went from a 12 pound 40 up to 30 pound braid, and now I just run a 50 pound braid on everything and just keep it there. Yeah,
2: simple.
1: Well, yeah, and I I have to admit that I I run a lot of braid on some of some of my uh, rods reels, and especially if we're fishing in a lot of heavy cover, because we can pull things back out, and that's that's usually yep. where I'll stick with with a braid because I do like to go and fish in like I said pretty heavy cover so if we're dropping around logs and tree limbs and that kind of thing you know and you want the you want the lure back you know then that way I can pull it back out of there so that's that's kind of my reason Yeah now the way we the way we kind of got together was kind of interesting you know social media being what it is today and and I was watching a bass page on Facebook and some of the folks listening to the podcast may remember that I had uh, Jake on from Jake's Baits here uh, a while back. And I noticed that uh, I had noticed that there was a YouTube channel out there called Family Traditions Bass Fishing. And I jumped on it and noticed that you guys had done a video on, on Jake's Baits. And so that's when I contacted you and wanted to talk a little bit about your YouTube channel. So tell me, how did you get that YouTube channel going?
2: Yeah, so the way it started was um, Dwayne and I started fishing a lot, you know, um, and then we started the Instagram first. So we we originally had this idea of, you know, we both had our separate social medias, like our personal stuff. We're sharing pictures and stuff. And Dwayne actually had the idea of, like, hey, let's just make an Instagram together where we can share the pictures and then you know maybe expand from that and I was like okay and then we went back and forth about names and Dwayne and I are cousins uh, and we pretty much grew up together uh, in the same household so we're like let's let's have it to do with family and we're both big in family anyways and so we ended up landing on the family tradition bass fishing. And then that evolved into, um, I've actually have my own personal YouTube channel for my hunting stuff that I already had for a while, a few years now. And so, Dwayne had mentioned a few times about making a video here and there, and, and I like the idea, so we're like, well, let's just start a YouTube channel, and with the intent of just sharing our content with our family and our friends, and that kind of evolved into let's try this, let's try that, let's try these baits, and then kind of like a semi-product review type thing. And then we started getting more into it to where we're trying to create, like, stories through our videos. Yeah, that's pretty much it. We just decided to jump into it because we we enjoy making content because we get to go fishing. And I, I personally... Do most of the like the editing stuff, and I enjoy it, so it's like a win-win-win situation. So, and it's a way to, for us to share it with you know other people locally, and if they have you know or, or need advice or maybe want to come with us, you know we always offer that. So that's how it started.
1: Oh, that's pretty neat. So for folks that are listening out there, if you're on um youtube just do a search of family tradition bass fishing and you will find these folks on there and they are they, they've done a couple reviews and and you guys are constantly putting up content i assume right
2: yeah yeah we, we try to get one out of it at least a week uh lately it's been a little bit uh hectic as dwayne's been out of the state for uh, almost a month like overall So, uh, and plus the COVID thing has put a little hinder on our ability to get out and create content. But as soon as, uh, that, that settles down, we'll get back into routine and yeah, we'll be doing one, one video a week, if not more.
1: Well, that's great. And so what I'll do for my listeners is I'll put that information in the show notes if you didn't get it. And that way you can go to their channel and start, uh, start watching some of their videos. Now, of course, my stuff is all podcast. I'm not going to get into, uh. Into videos, uh, used to be I had a lot more time on my hands and probably could have started something like that. But I just enjoy the recording part and I just like sitting around talking about fishing. So uh, this way, you can actually watch some of the the, the content that uh, Tom and Dwayne are putting out. I especially like for uh, for Jake. Jake's a young man that. Uh, you know, he came up with the idea that he wanted to pour his own baits, and he's local. That was what I was thought was was really neat. And if you listen to some of the other podcasts, I have some other local manufacturers on there too. And uh, Tom and Dwayne, now you guys grew up right here in the Portland area, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, we both grew up in Portland.
1: Yeah, so I mean, we're that's been kind of the fun of um, of talking bass and PDX is that I've kept it. Um, you know, fairly local uh, type guests. And that's, that's kind of my my thing that I've been doing. And so one of the other questions that I always come up with is, what is the most surprising thing that each of you have caught?
2: Ooh, that's tough. Um, trying to think what? Oh, actually, I did have a pretty surprising kick. So, yeah. So, Dwayne and I were fishing on the Pudding River, Um, and it's a a pretty small river. Um, If you watch some of our videos, you can kind of see how small it is. And uh, I was using a crankbait. I don't remember exactly the time of year. I want to say it was, like, early fall. And uh, I was trying to reel my crankbait in, Uh, away from this, like, bush before I crashed into it. (laughs) And Dwayne had gone downriver a ways past me, and so he was out of my sight and everything. And right as the crankbait got to my kayak, a salmon actually had hit it and took the crankbait and started running with my line. And I didn't know it was a salmon at first. I actually thought it was just a really big bass, and so I started freaking out. And then, uh, I, you know, fighting the fish and trying to get it close to the, the kayak. And, uh, at one point I finally got it to where I, I have a little net, which wasn't quite big enough, but I got the, I got the salmon in it, but, uh, I got it close enough and I realized it was salmon. So I kind of squeaked my phone out and called Dwayne to tell him to come down to, to see me because I wasn't sure exactly what I had and how big it was. And, uh, yeah, so long story short, I, I was able to fight it, tire it out enough to get it in my net in the kayak. And it had actually broke one of the hooks off the crankbait in the midst of fighting it. So I'm surprised it stayed on. Um, and then met up with Dwayne, and we got a couple pictures of it. And uh, it ended up being a wild coho. Salmon. Probably, I think we weighed it was like five pounds, I mean, six six pounds. It wasn't a big salmon, um, but we didn't even know there was even that type of fish in there, and um, and so after that day, I actually contacted Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife, and I was like, "Hey, you guys know if there's salmon in this river?" And they said there's like one run of Chinook salmon, and it's a really rare occasion that people encounter them and i was like well this is a coho and they said well they've never heard of a coho salmon up that river and it was a native fish so they they told me they assumed that there must be a really small run of salmon that go up the pudding river and we don't know how it got up there because it's you know it's a salmon they're not small they're kind of like a bass but not that small there's no large fish and so there's just it didn't make sense how it got up there, but it was up there, and, and I managed to catch it.
0: <laughs> not only that, but it wasn't up there. It was
2: probably 10, 15 miles up it. Yeah. Past the Malala. Yeah, we were upriver from where we normally fish, so it was pretty far up there.
1: Wow, the that's thing. pretty. Yeah, that's a pretty incredible story. Uh, especially when um, I I had not heard that there was a run up that river, but I'm not surprised. You know, I mean they. Those fish, you know, they take off up a river. Maybe it was the wrong one, but they take off. They're they're headed up up looking for a spot to spawn. You know. Yep. That's kind of, that's kind of interesting story. And you know, that's the second uh, one that I have heard this year that has hit a crankbait. Uh, just oh, wow. recently. Yeah, just recently. Uh, within the last two or three weeks, um, some friends of mine were fishing the the Multnomah Channel and they were pulling a crankbait looking for walleye and actually hooked into a uh, a native and uh, got it up beside the boat, took a look at it, took a picture of it and let it go.
2: Yeah.
1: So yeah, they will hit yeah, a crankbait.
0: Um, I don't think I've caught anything really surprising I guess. I mean uh, the most surprising thing I've probably caught I guess would be I was out just fishing for catfish when I was in Montana recently, and I ended up hooking into a shovel-nosed sturgeon. That was pretty much the only thing that I really catch is what I'm going for at the time, either than you know, that, just that one time.
1: And when I came up with that, uh, that question, oh, I don't know, it's been a few months back that I came up with that question, you know, I didn't know what people were going to say, and I have heard everything. I mean... Uh, talking about your sturgeon, the salmon. I've had somebody talk about a shark on the uh, on the podcast. I've had somebody talk about car parts, and I've had somebody who caught a barbecue grill. So I'm <laughs> never surprised about what people tell me. Yeah. Now, now last night we were talking because we were going to get together last night, but uh, circumstances being what they were, couldn't. And you guys were off fishing on the uh, the Pudding River, so give me kind of a, a fishing report. How did you guys do?
2: Yeah, so uh, it was kind of slow uh, for this time of year. Usually we do a lot better, but we also only had a few hours to fish. Um, I ended up catching 10, and Dwayne caught six um, total. Uh, lost, I lost a couple. Um, and then the biggest one that I caught was right under a pound the way I don't remember like
0: mine was probably just half found we didn't I don't think we weighed the biggest one I have okay yeah
2: we we didn't really weigh you know the smaller ones but uh, you know it's still a good day any time you catch a, a fish or a bass when you're out fishing is a good day so
1: yeah no any, any day that you're out fishing is uh, a whole lot better else than what the alternative is which is usually working. And how often do you guys get out? Do you guys get out several times a week?
2: So, on a normal year where we don't have the COVID thing and, uh,
1: you know, Dwayne was
2: out of town, um, yeah, we usually fish, not necessarily every week, a couple times a week, but at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. Um, Or we'll do, like, a weekend trip. You know, like we went to 10 Mile once. Um, I went down to Silk uh, Silk Coos Lake. Uh, about a month ago, you know, so it, it just varies, but generally, yeah, at least once a week.
1: Well, how did you guys, how did you do down at Silcoose Lake?
2: Uh, so that was, ooh, yeah, I think it was a month ago. It might have been two months ago now. Um, wasn't, I didn't catch a ton. I caught four the whole day, and I was there from like 8 a.m. to about 11, because um, I was told, in the kayaks the wind starts picking up really bad and you don't want to be in the lake with with the kayak so uh but in that two hour time span i caught four the biggest was three pound 14 ounces all large amounts
1: wow that's that's really good i was down there in uh, may early or mid-may and um Every day, we were down there for a week. Every day that we were there, you could go fishing early in the morning, and pretty much by 11 or 12, you pretty much wanted off the lake because the wind would come up. Now, yeah, you could be in the boat and do it, but it wasn't comfortable. You know, you, you couldn't hold the boat still, yeah. that kind of thing. So, yeah, in a kayak, yeah. I bet that was a real challenge if you stayed out there long enough that the wind come up.
2: Yeah, so... Pretty much by the time I decided to head back, the wind had picked up just enough to where I was starting to get uh, a good wake. And I was a little uncomfortable, but I was really close to the shore, so I was was only in maybe 10 feet of water at most at any given point. And, yeah, right when I got around the last bend near the dock and the boat ramp, um, that's where it got to the point where I was like, I need to get back now, otherwise I might skip over. So uh, I definitely I can attest to that, you know, don't want to be out there in the middle of the day.
1: Yeah. And, and interestingly enough about that lake, it's not very deep. I mean, if you go out in the middle, 10 feet is about the, the depth of that lake. It's, it's yeah, not it a deep it. lake.
2: Yeah. Uh, out where I was going, I think the furthest offshore I got was maybe a uh, hundred yards. Just you know, traveling, and yeah, I could see through to the bottom most of the time, which is pretty cool because you know you get to try to spot bass and stuff.
1: Yeah. Now, have you tried? Uh, you sounds like you've done a few coastal lakes. Have you tried Kelby Lake up out of uh, the Seaside Gerhart area?
2: I have not. I, I didn't know that there would be any lakes up north that would have bass.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we typically will go to Colby Lake uh, mid-March or so uh, because the coastal lakes, because they are shallow, they do tend to warm up a little faster than than the lakes uh, in water inland. So, oh. uh, yeah, That's something you can do early in the spring. Yeah, something you can do early in the spring. And so, can you tell me? I'm kind of switching subjects a little bit, but can you tell me some of the content that you guys have put out on the on the YouTube channel that folks may want to check out?
2: Yeah, so uh, we do have quite a few uh, videos of like uh, point of view style uh, videos from the GoPros on our chests, um, just of us fishing in the kayak and stuff. And then we have a handful of. Uh, like product review of Six Sense fishing stuff and uh, a couple other brands, um, and then we also have one video uh, where we compared uh, like the top was it ten soft plastic bait companies, and this was a while ago. It so was probably two last years year. last year. Yeah, last year. Last year, uh, where we took um, the top ten in two days um, and see in the kayak and on the bank, what would catch the most fish. And, uh, that was pretty interesting kind of a video. Um, and then what are, what other the content we have? Six cents. Yeah. The six Nine cents, boxes. six cents unboxing. Those are a big hit. Those are, those get the most views. Yeah. And then I, we do have a little John boat that we've been kind of, I bought it initially, uh, and then we had to repair some stuff on it. So I repainted it and, uh, got it all legal and so I have a couple videos on that, too. So just a little variety of stuff.
1: Well, that's neat. I, I hope that uh, some of the listeners out there uh, will go to your YouTube channel, check out some of those videos, and uh, and email you some suggestions. Maybe they'll have some things that they want you to go check out or try. But it's been very interesting chatting with you guys because you've introduced us to a couple of bodies of water that, we don't go to typically um i have tried the tualatin but not very often definitely have not tried the uh, the pudding river that's a that's an interesting one are there any other ponds that you guys have tried with the kayaks
2: um uh the one well the klaxoamit cove isn't really a pond but we've been in the kayaks and that um i've got some bass there uh what other ponds have we gone to we went to a private pond uh in Womack, eastern Oregon, uh through London Dwayne's memberships. Um, other than that, no, the, the other ponds that we have fished have been off the banks.
1: Well that's that's interesting, yeah. We uh you know, we get in that rut, you know, we okay, let's go to the Willamette because I know the spots in the upper area, you know, from uh from west lynn all the way up to Newburg, you know so we make uh runs through there um so i get you know anytime i get to talk about some new water it's it's, it's kind of interesting because uh i took i took my wife out the other day and she's like oh gosh we're going to go on the willamette and we're going to go to these two or three spots i'm like yeah that's where we're headed so yeah it's nice to branch out once in a while
2: yeah we've been trying to explore more areas um we just uh weren't you know. We're still new, like I said, so we didn't know where to go, and talking to people like you, giving us ideas, where we bounce back and forth from each other is really great for us, because, you know, it gives us another spot to try, and new, you know, baits and techniques, and then it also helps us create content, so we appreciate
1: that. Well, yeah, that's great. I mean, that's kind of what this community is, is built on, is, you know, sharing ideas and and that's kind of what I've been building the podcast on was, you know, the sharing of knowledge. Because if anybody ever thinks that they've got this down, uh, they're wrong. Bass fishing will uh, will humble you quite quite easily if you let it. So I'm always oh, yeah. <laughs> always learning new things. Well, guys, it's been great talking to you. We've we've uh, we've spent a pretty good amount of time on the on the phone. Uh, again, would you tell folks? How to contact you and and your uh, Instagram site and do you have Facebook and and then your uh, your YouTube channel?
2: Yep. So uh, Facebook is Family Tradition Bass Fishing uh, and Instagram same thing, Family Tradition Bass Fishing. And then on YouTube it's Family Tradition Bass Fishing. And for all three it's Family Underscore Tradition Underscore. Bass underscore fishing, <laughs> so all three platforms. And it's uh, important
0: on on all of them. Uh, the fishing, it's it's uh, it, it leaves off the G. Otherwise, you'll find somebody else most likely. Yeah.
1: Okay, and, and so if you've missed that, make sure that you check my show notes, and I will put in the uh, exact uh, spelling because it's f s it's f s h i n and leave off that G. So, Okay, well, yeah. guys, thanks for stopping by, and uh, we'll be talking soon.
2: All right, thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, we look All forward right. to hearing from you.
1: Well, again, I would like to thank Tom and Dwayne for being on the podcast. Please check them out under Family Tradition Bass Fishing on YouTube for some of their videos. Also check them out on Instagram, and Facebook. Well, for show ideas and feedback, please email me at gonefishingpdx at gmail.com. And I would like to thank everybody for stopping by. Until next time, this has been Don Clark, Talking Bass in PDX, and I'll see you on the backcast.